This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. With fast funding up to $10,000 available through net credit, our online application process was designed to get the money you need quickly if approved. You can borrow an amount that meets your needs and repay in a way that works for your financial situation. And we report on-time payments to credit bureaus, so you can build credit history as you repay. See what net credit can do for you today. Check your eligibility without affecting your credit score at netcredit.com. All net credit loans and lines of credit are offered by a member of the net credit family of companies or one of our lending partners. Visit netcredit.com slash partners for more information. On August 25th, I'm the most brutal, vicious, ruthless champion that ever been. The most anticipated original series is here. You may know Tyson. You're the heavyweight champion of the world, young, rich, and black. But do you know Mike? The minute you get too big, they gotta cut you down. Starring Trevante Rhodes. Um, I am Mike. And Harvey Keitel. They'll love you as much as they fear you. Now I'm really gonna have some fun. Mike, series premiere August 25th, only on Hulu. How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to another edition of That Mill Podcast. Hope you're doing well. Joining me, as always, Omar, I've got Kai Bennett. Hello, pal. Are you all right? Good, thank you, mate. Yeah, good, thank you. How are you? Not bad. We're a day late today because we were meant to do a show yesterday. Didn't get the time to do it, but here we are. One day late is not too bad, is it, Kai? As long as we get a show out there. Um, but yeah, all the better for me all winning on Saturday. The third form team in the league after 10 games, the last 10 games, mate. Everything's looking hunky-dory now all of a sudden. Absolutely. And Gary Rowett's change of formation, change of shape and second half did us, uh, worked wonders, didn't it? And we all of a sudden looked at a different team, which was lovely to see. A back four at home, albeit for 20 minutes. Uh, we'll talk more about it anyway, obviously, that's just 2-1 win over Stoke on Saturday. Um, we'll go into part one now and we'll talk all about our win on Saturday.
And welcome to the first part of the show. As mentioned, Kai, Mill 2, Stoke 1, Tom Bradshaw at the double, as Mill turned it around from going 1-0 down and went 2-1 at the den, mate. We done a little uh, half-time prediction, or prediction, so to speak, in our match for that you did, mate. I came and joined you at half-time. And uh, you was bang on, mate. Even though it was 1-0 down, you still stuck to your guns, said we're going to win 2-1 still. And somehow we did. Unbelievable. And um, the den was rocking on Saturday, that second half, I felt like. Yeah, it was fantastic. As soon as uh, Bradshaw scored his first goal, uh, it just felt like a, cha- a real change in momentum. I felt like a change in momentum after the second half started, to be fair. Um, mm-hmm. we, just, we, were, we were quicker and more energetic, more lively. And Stoke almost looked like they were happy to sit on a 1-0 lead and just sort of try and see it out and frustrate us. Um, but the change in shape did, did wonders. I'm not quite sure whether it was planned or not, with Evans obviously going off. Um, but it looked like Smith was ready to come on anyway. Um which was good move. Smith, I was, I sort of, I was a little bit worried about how Smith would do, considering there are four centre backs on the pitch. Mm-hmm. But I thought he was brilliant. I thought he won most headers in the air, um, and actually took away Harry Sutar from Jake Cooper for our second goal. Um, if Smith's not up there with, um, if Smith's not on the pitch, Sutar marks Cooper, and Cooper might not win that flick down. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, it really took. It took a little bit of. Um, for, well, actually, we didn't. Funny enough, we didn't. According to BBC, we didn't have a single corner on Saturday. That's the first for me, wasn't it? Yeah, which was right. which was now, crazy, on. unbelievable. Which was absolutely well. That's well, that's unheard of, isn't it? Like we we normally pat the box, and but I thought the the set piece that Ballard did put in for the second goal was was a great ball in Cooper wins his flick on and and Leonard, Mister Reliable, Mister Versatile, Mister Fantastic on Saturday puts the ball straight across and Bradshaw can't miss. But the point of it is, is that it's not that he it wasn't you could say you could say two tappings but you've got to be there to score them and Bradshaw was and yeah fair play to him it's an art of a poacher as you say I think um, yeah. you know two almost identical finishes two kind of similar runs across the edge of the six yard line and he's there to tuck them away obviously Shea Ojo for the first was an assist we'll talk more about the goals as well and obviously Leonard for the second goal um, and obviously we'll talk about Sawyer's goal as well in the first half but I guess we'll start from the beginning um, obviously, two o'clock team news arrives, and we mentioned obviously back four was prevalent for 20 minutes in the second half. Gary Rapp picked the back five again. Uh, Bill Kowski in goal, Ballard, Hutchinson, and Cooper, the three centre halves. Malone left wing back, Rhino started right wing back, and then obviously Evans and Billy Mitchell in the middle. Shea Ojo and Jed Wallace were accompanying a lone Sir Tom Bradshaw. I mean, I suppose obviously getting the win on Tuesday, Kai, you know, it's kind of expected to see a similar team to what we saw on Tuesday night at Sheffield United. One enforced change at the time was obviously Billy Mitchell stepping in for George Savile. Uh, obviously suspended, picks up five yellow cards, um, kicked up his fifth of the season at uh, Bramble Lane, so missed the game on Saturday. Was you surprised that Mitchell coming in? Obviously we spoke a bit about it on the show last week, but I kind of wasn't sure who to expect to go in there. I think, you know, I've been calling for Mitchell to get his opportunity for a few weeks now. He got that opportunity to play and I thought he was quite good in the second half in particular on Saturday. Uh, but obviously, it was interesting to see that kind of dynamic between Evans and Mitchell. And maybe was it the perfect partnership in the end? It's it's hard to say. But first half in particular, it wasn't too great, was it? No, and I think Billy really grew into the game. I thought he was, you know, I think the whole Mill team was quite um, were, were lacking energy in the first half and lacking a little bit of passion. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think that I think what defines Billy is his, is his overall stamina and overall energy to last longer than everyone else. I mean, like you hear about it, don't you, that Billy Mitchell's the only one that comes close to Murray Wallace in, in pre-season. Yeah. And I thought that as the game wore on, he got better. And that's probably because, you know, with five minutes to go, he still looked fresh. And that, that just, that that's, you know, absolute, you know, credit to him for his, for his fitness levels. Um, because, you know, working for 85 minutes and he still looks like he what, he's going to win everything. And he, he worked really hard. And I thought he was brilliant in the second half, especially. Um, and I thought Keith came in and sort of just, you know, 
made it even stronger that midfield. Um, and we looked less and less likely to be broken down the more and more the game went on. There was a couple of nervy, nervy moments. But yeah, funny enough, Stoke didn't throw what I'd call the kitchen sink at us in the last five, four minutes, wasn't it? I had on time, I thought they'd be camped in our box, but we actually managed to find a way to get out. And the only real problem was a, I think a foul on Bart, wasn't it, in the from a corner? And then, yeah, we cleared it. Happy days. And yeah, won the game. Happy, Brilliant. Yeah, I mean, on Mitchell, obviously, you mentioned, obviously, he's a bit of an engine in there. I think that's probably why I kind of wanted him to be in the side, you know. Sometimes midfield is a bit lacklustre, especially at home. Uh, obviously, Savile and Evans shut us up on Tuesday night in all intents and purposes. Um, you know, they're both kind of brilliant, I thought, at Bramall Lane. But with Mitchell, he gives that energy. But like you say, he's kind of a box-to-box kind of midfielder as well. And um, he just seems to be, you know, I think in the first half, we'll talk about it, obviously, the game started and it wasn't, you know, all like a perfect middle home display, so to speak, early on. I think um, Bart was calling to Sables in the early doors, putting out a kind of, he's kind of clawed down to the right-hand side to stop uh, the Stoke City attempt on goal. About three, four minutes in, it was pulled back, header at goal, and he's done great to save it. Um, we didn't really get a kind of foothold in the game, did we? I think it was kind of trying to edge our way into it, and almost I felt like giving Stoke a bit too much credit and too much respect, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I think it was a great save from Bart. It actually looked, from where I sat, it looks like it, it looked like it went off, um, before you know the cross that came in, it already gone off. Mm-hmm. But you know, playing to the whistle and stuff, and and Bart pulls out a top draw save, uh, fantastic save. You know, but how many times have we have we said that about Bart this season already? And you know, he comes up comes up again, and you know, there's nothing he could do about the goal. Um, you know, but it was fantastic. Um, you know, there was a slight shout for a penalty, wasn't there? Uh, Surridge, I think it was. Yeah, Mitchell, I think he think uh, it was. You know, he, Stonewall. He was, I thought like we both sit in a couple of layers. Yeah, you are up, I'm lower. And yeah. I was kind of almost like in front of the the, the the foul. And I think Surridge runs into him, kind of, you know. But at the same time, Mitchell's leg's there. And if you're offering the leg to kind of sort of trip over it, typically it's a penalty nowadays, isn't it? And I think we kind of got away with one there, didn't we, I felt like, at the time. Yeah, but I, I yeah, I feel like we did. And, you know, we said at half-time, didn't we, that we thought both thought it was probably a penalty. Yeah. Um, but I think it was probably the way he over-exaggerates the dive that, the, well, not not the dive, but the way he goes down is very um, unorthodox, isn't it? He sort of mm-hmm. makes a big meal of it, and the ref probably thinks, yeah, that's probably a dive. But in fairness to him, he probably goes over natural there more naturally than he probably does get it. Um, but it looked a bit, a bit like a bit. It looked like a bit like a sandwich, didn't it, of two players? And probably that's maybe that's why the ref didn't give it. Looking back on it, it did look quite um, could have been given. You've seen them given plenty of times. So yeah, it was lucky to get away with that. Uh, Stoke looked the stronger side. Um, you know, they they looked to pass it around us. They penned us in, didn't they? And we couldn't really get out. Everything that we were sort of lumping forward was going straight to their centre-backs because Bradshaw's not going to win headers in the air as such against Sutar and, and uh, you know, Chester and players like that. One thing that I would describe the first half as was frustrating. And you could see that when Jed pushed Chester straight mm-hmm. into the uh, advertising boards, yeah. which got a good reaction, wasn't it? So you could see the frustration uh, on the middle players and they came out in the second half and did themselves proud. Definitely. I mean... I think, you know, you mentioned obviously Bradshaw being up there, you know, he's not going to win headers, but what he does offer, I felt like, you know, the first half, I'd say Stoke probably had a fair kind of more of the ball, so to speak. Um, I think for the whole game, they've dominated possession anyway, but you kind of expect that from the Stoke City side, the likes of Sawyer's in midfield anyway. But with Bradshaw in particular, he does offer that kind of non-stop kind of pressing, I feel like, and especially with a front three of Bradshaw, Ojo and Jens, you know, you've got three kind of versatile players in there that like to kind of put the kind of hard hard yards in, so to speak. Um, and I thought, you know, in particular Bradshaw, you know, he, he's my man of the match on Saturday, not just for the goals, but also his undoubted commitment to, you know, putting a shift in for his team. Yeah, definitely. I thought they were excellent. Um, 
for, uh, you know, uh, Jed and Bradshaw were fantastic running wise. They, they ran all game. Um, Ojo came to life in the second half, you know, maybe, you know, could have done better with that strike in the first half. And and we was, we said this at half time, didn't we? That if, if they're players that had the chances, put them away. I think there was a couple of chances, weren't there? We had Jed uh, was through. Ojo was Ojo had a good chance, and Leonard was was given a, a good strike on goal. You know, if they, if them three players are a little bit more clinical, we could have gone into the break actually quite comfortable after a quite a poor first half. But it just shows you their fine margin. Is if we get them right, you know, even when we're not performing well, we can still lead games and and, and take it to the opposition. And I think in the second half, we just you know we cemented our our, our control and our dominance in the game, and yeah, and got our rewards. Definitely. I mean, so obviously, like I said, the kind of edgy start, started kind of edging it and 20 minutes comes. And I think at the time, it's like Millwall in possession, the ball goes back to Bart Bielkowski in goal. And if you look back on the highlights, I think it does pick it up. But also, it was noticeable at the time. It's kind of the fence is split, the centre-half yeah. pulled away. Mitchell's in the middle, kind of begging for the ball to feet. He's like, give me the ball, give me the ball. Bart decides to go long. We lose the ball in the midfield battle. And up, up comes Stoke down the left-hand side of the pitch, our right. And eventually it finds its way into the edge of the box. And Romain Sawyers, who we know is an unbelievable player at this level, a player that I'd love to see in the middle team, but I don't know whether or not he'd fit into a Gary Rowett kind of formation anyway. But he gets the opportunity to kind of get the ball down and strikes it with his left foot, his weaker foot as well, if I'm not mistaken. And um, like you said earlier, Barr had no chance to save that effort. A great goal for Stoke. And I think for us, it was kind of, like I said at the start, just sitting off them too much, isn't it? You're at home, you're the home team. You've got to kind of grab the game by the scruff of the neck. You've got to kind of set the tone and don't let opposition basically walk over you. But that first half in particular, I think that was what the bugbear was for me. Like, you know, just give them too much respect and then they punish you like they did for Sawyer's goal there, Kai. Yeah, they've got an incredible midfield, haven't they? If you look at players like uh, Joe Allen, Vranchidge and, and Sawyer's, it's a, it's a very tidy midfield, that, isn't it, for, mm-hmm. a, for a championship squad? So it does show they've got quality and that's why you can't give them too much respect because if you do, they'll find their pass, they'll pick their pass. They've got players running off them running off the ball. Uh, you've got Surridge, Tymon, who's very quick. Well, they were playing a, a makeshift right-back, I think. Their, their right-back, Tommy Smith, I think it was, or someone like that. They got injured in the in the warm-up or there was some problem. But, yeah, they have players running off the ball and they're quick. Um, they're direct in, in the way they play. They're not direct in the, in the balls they play, but they're direct in the... They get the ball and they look to get, get in on goal. Um, and they, they were overall very dangerous. You have Jacob Brown uh, running down the middle, who's a good player. Um, I think they did miss Nick Powell. I think they missed his creativity. There's a few moments where they had that, you know, just needed a little bit more, a um, bit more calm on the ball and a little bit more creativity. And they probably missed that in fairness to them. But, you know, we we were missing Saville, Bennett and Afobi. So, you know, even though obviously Afobi couldn't play and Saville was suspended, I think even them two are big players for us. But even Bennett, who did so well in the, in, in the, in the week against Sheffield United when he came on, he's a big player. And I thought, you know, Stoke, yeah, we did give them too much respect and, and that was our downfall in the first half and so is his goal I mean great strike wasn't it fantastic strike I mean there's no stopping that from Bart um he just you know it probably didn't get out to him soon enough when we did he just sort of shifted it onto his left foot and that's that shows the class of of, of, of you know how good he is as a player and, and what class he possesses in that Stoke squad because you know when they click them then three midfield players with Franchich um Allen and and um and Sawyers I mean any one of them can hit it so yeah that's why you got you can't stand off him too much yeah, that's, that's entirely true, mate. And I think, like I said, I think maybe I share the same frustrations as a lot of people in the crowd and maybe it gets misconstrued because it's quite a split opinion about it, especially the first half performance. You know, the team went off to booze. And like you said, though, rightfully, you know, 
Leonard has a chance. Jed Wallace is working through on goal from the right-hand side, albeit, you know, difficult for him, halfway line. He's going towards goal. He kind of takes it away from goal, doesn't he? We said that at half-time yeah. when we were chatting about it. But, you know, it, it was obviously a, a tough situation where he's got run on, run into goal and then take a tuck it away. And I think Stoke defender becomes great, um, stops that from an opportunity from going towards goal. And as you mentioned as well, you know, Ojo has the opportunity where he's kind of at the back post, gets it out of his feet and kind of skips it to the left. But they go off to boost Kai at halftime, and I guess we should address that. Do you think that's a build-up of events, not necessarily just that first half, but as a whole, the home games in general, you know, Luton fresh in the mind at the time as well? Um, or, you know, for me in particular, I don't think I booed, but I wouldn't be begrudged to boo that performance in the first half. It's not necessarily the, the quality on show, but I just felt the desire wasn't there in particular, like I said earlier. Um, but yeah, obviously going off to boost whilst creating chances to be 1-0 down is not typical at Millwall, but... At the same time, shouldn't be surprised to see. I don't think. No, absolutely not. I think you know the, the team. You know, weren't weren't playing well, and they've got to accept the fans were frustrated. I was frustrated. You were probably frustrated, and you know we said about half time, didn't we? That we were worried that if they didn't come out second half and they, you know, they didn't turn, you know, turn the energy, put more energy and more passion, we could lose this game two three nil. And I think then booze. You know, we could go against Luton when the, uh, the players were booed off at half time. I don't think the players really uh, took took it that well. Um, you know, if I was a player and I got booed off at halftime, I want to come out second half and and you know put a performance in for the crowd and and show them you know that we can we can do it and you know that we're a good side. And second half they responded brilliantly, and I think you know they they might need that little bit of frustration at halftime just to show them that they, that's not good enough. And I'm pretty sure Raul would have told him it's not good enough too. And uh, yeah, and and they came out and responded brilliantly. It's all about you know it's not about the setbacks; it's how you come back come you know come back off the setbacks and yeah they they did well and they they showed more of a mill a mill passion and determination that we that we want and you know as we asked for as fans definitely i mean a unique scenario where there's six minutes added on in the first half due to injuries we then get the second half eventually underway there was a delay as well kicking off yeah. the second half the fourth official was injured or the line was injured and the fourth official has to step in one of the two um, but we get going, um, albeit about 12 minutes after four, which is, you know, like I say, a unique scenario. We're the last ones to finish probably on Saturday. Three minutes into the half, we mentioned it earlier, Smith comes on for Evans. I don't think it was tactical, although maybe it was a sub in Garrett Rowett's mind. I think he said that in his post-match interview anyway, that we was considering going to back four even in the first half. I, I think I put a tweet out in the first half as well. And I felt like, let's talk about a bit about George Evans now, because we're going to have to scapegoat him a little bit, even though... I'm still unsure about Evans. I like Evans. You can see the undoubted quality he has on the ball. He strikes me as a Ryan Woods kind of character now in this side. He's a bit like a pantomime villain um, where you can see he's a good footballer, but with the setup we have, the way we play in midfield, you know, we prefer the likes of Billy Mitchell in there or George Savile because a bit more dynamism about their play, if you know what I mean, Kai. Um, but Evans comes off of injury. I think he's a calf injury, if I'm not mistaken. You probably correct me. Uh, but on, on comes Smith, three minutes in, and we go to a 4 4 2, mate. I mean, obviously, how did you feel at the time? Did you work out straight away we went to a back four? I know I was trying to kind of pinpoint it, but obviously Leonard comes into the middle um, and then we have Ballard playing it right back, don't we? And Malone left back and the two centre halves in the place there. It was an interesting sight, but also exciting at the same time. Definitely. And it was a bit like Luton. We went to a back four and put Ballard at right back. But the difference in against Luton is that we, we seem to get outdone by a little bit of pace um, and, you know, a little bit of, I guess, they weren't really sure of the of the formation. Um, Rowett's probably worked on it with them, and, and in an ideal world, you probably have Danny Manamara at right back, don't you? In that sort of situation, but I can I can see why he wouldn't want to take a player like Ballard off, um, so reliable, even Hoops or Hutch, you know, because I think he I think in his mind he's probably thinking that let's say we do turn it around, which obviously we end up doing, 
we, we want to go back to a back five to defend it. So why do we do that, Kai? We'll, talk, we'll just work up again in a bit, but why do we go back to a back five? If it's That's, working yeah. and we score two and we go two one up, why do we revert back to a back five to try and see the game out? Why not put the swords to the opposition and try to win that game three four one? That's that's exactly my question. So, so if, I, if, I got, if I could ask it, that's exactly my question because OJ was playing brilliantly. Jed yeah. looked dangerous. Um, we looked to have clicked all of a sudden in the mm-hmm. second half and 20 minutes in the second half were the most exciting 20 minutes I've seen at Millwall this season and probably yeah. all of last season as well on, on, the, on, on, the, on the watching it from home. Um, yeah, so I don't know why I go back to back to back five, if I'm being totally honest. Um, I thought Leonard was fantastic though um, yeah. in the middle. I thought, as soon as he gets on the ball and there's an excitement around the ground because he looks like he's going to drive at players and, and really put players on the back foot. And he does that. And I thought when Danny did come on, he used his pace really, really effectively. Um, but yeah, I don't know why we did go back to a back five. I'm assuming Rauer thinks that it's probably a bit of security, yeah. um, which is fine. But keep the players that are, you know, are, you know, are actually threatening. So keep them on. Otherwise, we get to a situation where we're just sort of trying to kick it, kick it clear and, and then go again and rather than take it to the opposition and get because the best form of defense is attack, isn't it? At the end of the day. So if we're two yeah. one if we're two one up, best form of defense is attack. Go and get a third, you know, go and finish the game off. Or and if it's you go around it, it's best form of attack and defend, maybe. Maybe that's maybe that's the way it is. Maybe it's maybe. the way, maybe that's the way yeah. he thinks about it. But like I said anyway, 48th minute, Smith comes on, three minutes later, guy, upsets Tom Bradshaw. We we spoke a bit about it at the start of the show, but obviously a bit of blood down the left hand side. Ojo came to life, we've mentioned that already, but you know, having the extra forward in the attacking areas, I think in the first half in particular, there was a couple of moans and groans around me and a, a couple of tweets online about Ojo's performance, you know, not really coming into the game, kind of running to an empty space and, you know, running to kind of a down a channel to no one, basically. But then having the extra player in the attacking areas, I think it was an interchange at first. I think Hutchinson gets the ball, sprays it deliciously out to the left-hand side to Malone, who's on running on the left-hand side, gives to Ojo, beats his man, gets to the byline, Puts across him with his stronger foot, left foot, and there's Bradshaw to tuck it away. I mean, I say it's simple, it's not, but it's, it made it look so easy. Just having, you know, I put tweets out online on Sunday morning. Instead of having just three attackers in the box, you've got four in the box, you've got Malone on the left hand side bombing on, you've got Leonard trying to get involved in the play, like you mentioned there, you know, bombing forward. Suddenly it became really kind of going for the kill here, and th- there's your goal. Re- rewards from it. It's one of them ones you're sitting in the stand and you're sort of trying to. Tell them what to do almost, and it's like a you pass it there, cut inside, you know. And it and basically, it worked like that, didn't it? It was mm-hmm. it looked really simple, but it's the technique on Hutchinson's ball to Malone was brilliant, unbelievable, fantastic pass. Um, Malone Good cuts touch. inside, yeah, fantastic touch. We've all seen Malone do a you know, touches like that yeah. when he scored a goal like Gascoigne's last year. It was a fantastic <laughs> little goal. Let's bring that back up. Um, but yeah, it's a fantastic little touch inside, finds Ojo, who just shows. Undoubted, like that is class. What he did there, yeah. just to, just a spot, Skill, Bradshaw. Pace and delivery. You know what I mean, perfect yeah. winners. On August twenty fifth, I'm the most brutal, vicious, ruthless champion that ever been. The most anticipated original series is here. You may know Tyson. You're the heavyweight champion of the world, young, rich, and black. But do you know Mike? The minute you get too big, they gotta cut you down. Starring Travante Rhodes. Um, I am Mike. And Harvey Keitel. They'll love you. As much as they fear you, now I'm really going to have some fun. Mike, series premiere August 25th, only on Hulu. Your work technology should help your organization run better. 
Monday.com is an intuitive platform designed to help teams of all sizes work better together and maximize results. With Monday.com, you can easily customize your workflows to fit your team's exact needs and create automated updates to keep everyone up to speed in real time. Experience the power of a single platform that replaces your costly tech toolbox and the headache that comes with it. To start your 14-day free trial, go to Monday.com. It's played for a mill, isn't it, really? Absolutely. He's, you know, he's, he's gone direct. He's ran at the defender and looked to get it into the box. And, you know, if he was, you know, he's been clever about it as well. He's known that Smith's in the box, which obviously if Smith's in the box, you can go aerial. But he, see, he knows Bradshaw's going to make that run. And he's put in an absolutely delightful pass, just just in behind the back four or back five, but not too much on it so the keeper can get it. And it's just in the sort of middle. And Bradshaw, well, doesn't miss from there. It's fantastic. Uh, yeah, and all of a sudden the, our tails are up and I felt like the momentum had, had changed. I felt like it changed a couple first first couple of minutes in the second half, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but from there, I felt like there was only going to be one winner. And yeah, we got, we got it. We got it. So... Yeah, I mean, that's it. I mean, fast forward 10 minutes after that, I think Jed wins a foul on about the halfway line. You know, we're looking to counter-attack and he gets brought down. I mean, I thought that's what really struck me the most, Kai, in that spell, 20 minutes of playing this 4-4-2. The players got back and defended, but when we won the ball, with the four attackers on the pitch, with Leonard in the middle, Mitchell in the middle, the instinct was get the ball, turn and run towards goal and yeah. get drive up the pitch. Not Not necessarily... One thing I hate the most, it's a good thing if you've got the players to do it. And I'm not saying we don't have the players to do it, but we play this five at the back. The central defenders get the ball. The right back gets the ball. The left back gets the ball. The midfielders get the ball. You've got, ain't got many options in front of you. So then you turn back to goal and you play it back and you recycle play. This is the modern way of playing football. You know, recycle the play, work the ball to the left, work the ball to the right, try and kind of get an opportunity. But I feel like we don't have the players then to get their head up and find that killer pass at times. And instead, you get the ball, just play on the turn and play towards goal, play direct. Neil Harris done it effectively for Millwall. I mean, it's not necessarily me bigging up Neil Harris because he came to a natural end at Millwall, but the difference of having the extra attack on the pitch, especially for, you know, winning the free kicks out on the halfway line, it sets up our second goal, doesn't it? It's, you know, maybe I'm being a bit too overemphasized on this, but you can see the clear difference, I felt like, with the two setups. No, it's fantastic. I mean, Ballard puts straight ball in the box and diagonal ball into the box and, and Cooper rises highest, which is, you know, fantastic. It was a fantastic flick on how many times you see Cooper win a header and it goes, it go, it doesn't go to our player, does it? But that was a fantastic ball there. And Leonard's so aware to be in that position. He sort of knows where Cooper's going to roughly put it to. And, he, you know, it's a fantastic touch and sort of thinks, sort of shows that, you know, if Ojo can do it and, you know, it was a fantastic ball in from Ojo and he's, he's done a, an, an equally great ball into the box and you know and Bradshaw put it on a plate for Bradshaw who can't miss again it was it was just it looked again looked a really simple goal didn't it but it was fantastic play definitely mate I think that's it like you think you know what are you asking your strikers to do a centre forward like Tom Bradshaw he, it's his bread and butter that isn't it getting in the right position on the edge of a six yard box if you look at his goals for Barnsley before we signed him they're exactly the same poacher instincts yeah. in the box and if you give him the service like we did, I know like obviously the second goal was more of a set piece kind of routine, but you know he's got that kind of movement about him in the box to lose his man. And if he's got you know a yard to have a shot inside his box, he's going to do it. And I mean you know he was on his back at Swansea about four weeks ago when he missed that chance, but it was a bit more difficult than these two on Saturday. But you know with a plum, he scores two goals, gets his two goal bonuses and the win bonus on top of that. And my man of the match, do you know what I mean? Like, it, it, it's it's simple, but effective, simple Millwall play, if that makes sense. No, absolutely, man. I, I'm going to go a little bit um, 
I'm going to disagree here with a little bit of my man of the match. I thought personally my man of the match was Ryan Leonard. Okay. Um, but it was obviously if Bradshaw has to get very close. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, obviously he'll get the headlines for the goals, of course. You know, it was a fantastic movement. You know, I thought he chased work, work channels every, all, all, all day, worked really hard. I just think Leonard was absolutely brilliant when he went to centre midfield. And I thought he did a really good job at uh, right back as well. Um, you know, I don't think it's, it's so... Um, he's really um, shown people what he can do in the last year, even with that injury, even when he got... You know, he's back from injury now and he's really shown the Millwall fans what he's about. And I think he struggled at first um, at Millwall, but he's really shown what, he, what he's about. And, you know, he's been a real big, big player for us. I mean, if he doesn't get a start next Saturday in midfield when Danny's hopefully back at right back, it'll be, I think it'll be really harsh on him because he was excellent when he went there on Saturday. Who do you take out though? Like, George Havel's returning. It's, it's, a, it's a kind of conundrum, isn't it? And also what kind of set are we going to get? I suppose we're away from home, so we're expecting the 5-2-3 to come back into yeah. play. Um, but I agree with you. Leonard was brilliant. I think for me, though, just Bradshaw, obviously, I can't remember his last goal. When was the last time Bradshaw scored for us? Is it this season? I don't think it was, right? I think it was It was last season we beat Bristol City 4-1, I think. You see, like, I mean, not only has he got the two goals that, you know, he's proved that if you give him the service, he's going to bury them because that's the kind of striker he is. He's that kind of Gregory poacher in the box, if you know yeah. what I mean, or even Neil Harris. I mean, Neil Harris had better goals than him, you know, from all sorts of angles. But at the same time, you give these players the service, they'll be smart enough to pull off their man and score the goal. But also for me, like I said earlier, it was not necessarily just the goals, but also his work rate and his commitment. And it's kind of over the last two games, you know, he, he kept his place by default Saturday because if only can't play against Stoke, but he deserved... He, he could have brought in both Arsene. <laughs> Who? <laughs> <laughs> but he deserved to keep his place on the side. I think, it, you know, he showed what he's about. And I think... As much as we can see, or we say he's limitations of the day, he's a goal scorer, he's a striker, he's not scored enough goals for us. But if you give him that service every week, I think he is a 10 to 15, maybe even 20 goal season striker there. The service is there and waiting for him. He's put the effort in, he's done the hard yards, waiting these opportunities coming come inside. I'll be, I don't expect him to get dropped next Saturday. I mean, that would be a criminal kind of act, wouldn't it, for Phobie? Even though Phobie is a great option, suddenly you've got two decent strikers on form here. I mean, on form of question for a phobia, but you know, two good standard players. If you know you give that service to them, yeah, I don't think you can drop Ojo either. So, you know, I think Ojo was brilliant that second half, and he deserves a place in this in the team next week. So, mm-hmm. it's so hard. Who do you drop next week? I mean, if you bring Leonard in at, at centre mid, you you drop Billy because I thought Billy was brilliant in the second half. Um, obviously, Keith came on the second half, but. Savile will probably replace Evans, won't he? I don't imagine Evans will be fit after going down. He didn't look in too much comfort, does he? So, um, you know, so Savile will probably take his place. Will it be Billy Mitchell? Will it be Leonard? Um, both, whoever whoever loses their starting spot next week, either Leonard or Mitchell, will be, it'll be really harsh on them because they're both brilliant. Um, and then do you play 5-2-3 or 5-3-2? Or do you, do you play 4-2, 4-4-2 or 4-2-3-1? I mean, it's up to him. Because, you know, obviously it's up to him because he's the manager. But, um, you know, 4-2-3-1 could cause Huddersfield quite a few problems, especially if you went, you know, I don't know, uh, Jed. You could even play 4-4-2 with uh, a phobie and, and Bradshaw up top. You know, that mm-hmm. if, if you don't want to drop a phobie, you've got to play a, a two. Because if you go 5-3-2, you have to drop one of Jed or Ojo. So it doesn't really work. So you have to play a four for, you know, 4-4-2. But then who do you drop, Cooper or Ballard? It's, or Hutchinson, yeah. it's, 
it's so many questions, but that's the beauty of having a of having good depth in the squad. And I think it's something that, you know, even though he moaned at having, you know, quite a lot of injuries, and we all moaned that there was quite a lot of injuries. Now we don't know who to drop, and I think it's that's a really nice uh, problem to have, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's the best problem, isn't it, I suppose, for a manager. I mean, Evans getting injured is a shame. I think it's it's an unfortunate shame, but a convenient shame because that then sparked that second half performance. Um, we mentioned earlier, obviously, about the subs. You know, we've gone 2-1 up. Five minutes later, he's straight, as going as we said there, Ojo off, Keith and Bell done. He felt like at the time, he said after the match, you know, their midfielders are getting more of the ball. We need to outnumber them in the middle. Keith Bell offers you that. He closes down like, the, the channels, the space, and stops the kind of through ball. But the Mills tweet sums up perfectly, right? So we're active in the second half. We're two one up. We've gone suddenly turned it around, and then six eight minutes, change number two. Ojo off, Keith Bell on. Eight minutes later, the Lions look still look sharp, but the visitors are piling on the pressure. The defense is not letting anything through lightly. That that's like the legit. Obviously, you know, Stone didn't have too many noteworthy opportunities, like we said towards the end of the game. But all you're doing by sacrificing an attacker further up the pitch is put midfielder on and you're kind of naturally falling deeper and i think he sends a message to the rest of the team like we're going to see this out here if that makes sense Kai. and then 10 minutes later maybe a bit after towards the end of the game about 10 minutes to go in the game jed wallace comes off mcnamara comes on and at this point you've just got bradshaw and smith up top who you know if there was a second goal to come straight after that substitution and then stoke equalize you don't really see the outlet or the opportunity there to kind of get up the pitch afterwards you took off two natural wingers two ball carriers I, I don't think uh, Neil Harris used to do it at times, and I'm not opposed to these substitutions with five minutes to go. But I just thought at the time, especially the atmosphere, the crowd we spoke about, everyone was really on side of the team. To take a player off literally and then go settle back to a five to a four four five one, wasn't it? Um, putting Bradshaw on the right, who was scoring goals in the middle, you put him on the right, and it's 20 minutes to go. It's kind of like saying, "All right, Stoke, off you go. Try and score against mm. us now." If that makes yeah. sense. We think we're going to not we're not going to concede, but it's like it's it's playing with fire a little bit, but also I suppose a sign of rare as a manager. Maybe I don't know how you read into that. I mean, I, I think it. You could look at it two ways. I mean, one you could look at it. It gives Stoke confidence because Jed, if Jed and Ojo are both off, they know that there's probably not going to be anyone that's going to be able to carry the ball for us. I know Danny came on and he did brilliantly when he got on the ball and ran at their defence, but. You know, they, they probably think, well, we can probably commit more men forward now and, and really look to, to score. But you could look at it the other way and think Rowett has got real confidence in his in his back five. And I think that's the way I'd like to look at it personally in, in, a, pos- in a positive manner. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, the, the back five never really looked troubled, did they, in the second half after, after we scored our two goals? But, you know, with the crowd, you know, with the crowd, how we were and, you know, how excited we were with the, with the performance in the second half... There was a real opportunity there to, to put three or four past Stoke and really kill the game off and then take Jed and Ojo off with 10 minutes to go when you're three or four one up. I mean, there was a real chance there to, to go and score, let Bradshaw get his hatcher coming, for example. You know, and Bradshaw's going to struggle to... One thing I would say, though, is obviously Smith did get played in behind, didn't he? Which yeah. saved them words because probably never say it again. <laughs> um, but it's a shame it wasn't the other way around and Smith playing Bradshaw in behind because mm-hmm. it was, I think, he probably gets his hatcher. So, you know, but... Fair, fair play. I mean, Smith had a strike. It wasn't the best strike, was it? I mean, but, you know, it's all about composure and he probably is not used to being in that situation too much. But we were getting up the pitch. McNamara was, was driving us up the pitch and I thought he was excellent when he came on. But it's just a shame we couldn't maybe get another goal or two. If only, not, not only for the to get all the three points, but just to boost our goal difference as well. Yeah, I mean, very true, mate. I think um, it's, you know, a case of like, 
the opportunity is there to take it and go for it, if that makes sense. But at the same time, I, I'm not disappointed by the move. I just kind of thought was when the ball's like higher up the pitch because you've got more attackers pressing high up the pitch, getting in Stokes' face and all sense of purposes. Admittedly, you maybe leave yourself a little bit open to a counter-attack if you throw too many players forward. I, I get it. But at the same time, we're winning the ball high up the field. We're then turning it straight on the opposition and kind of going for it, if that makes sense, Kai. Um, and I felt like we are just kind of going, all right, we'll, we've had our counter-punches now. We'll kind of settle back into default. It works in the end. So you, for one second, you think I'm going to criticise the manager for that. <laughs> no, you're wrong. But I just think it was maybe an opportunity, to, like we said earlier, to kind of hit home and maybe take the third, fourth. But you run the risk, I suppose. It's a balancing act. Um, but yeah, we see the game out, mate. Rocking all over the world's on. Status quo. We're all happy. Um, rocking all over the world. But we've had it three times this season. But it felt like the most significant win of the season at home yeah. so far. You know, we kind of scraped it over the line against Blackpool, thanks to, you know, some Jed Wallace master shows there. Um, we then play, obviously, Bristol City. Again, Jed Wallace to the rescue. Scoring penalty after coming on as a substitute. But this one was... No involvement from Jed Wallace and Eva Giles, by the way. But also, it felt like we earned that and the yeah. crowd enjoyed it as well, Kai, if that makes sense. And to get over the line in that kind of fashion and win the game, but also see a glimmer of what we could look like with a back four, potentially, in the future, it just felt like a, a, a well-earned, entertaining three points, sending everyone home happy, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. I think you summed it up perfectly there. I mean... Blackpool was a was a great win, but we probably expected to win that with them have going down to ten men. Yeah. Bristol City winning off a penalty. It was fantastic to win off a penalty, but it always, you know, doesn't feel as good, does it, as winning off a, you know, a, a open play strike. Um, you know, obviously it feels I, I I feel just as good after a win, after any win. But you know, when you play well and you and you really take it to the opposition like we did in the second half, it makes you feel so much better about the side. And Saturday was a real hard fall win. And we we got over the line in the end after a pretty poor first half. Um, but the goals we scored as well were were nothing short of class. They were they were fantastic goals, and it just makes you think that yeah, do you know what? If Jed if Jed's of an off day, which I don't think he was on Saturday, I just don't think he didn't really get any opportunity to put the ball in the box, did he or anything? Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't get any. We didn't have any corners, did we? So, um, you know, so if if he's having an off day, we can we can create chances other ways, which is which is always nice to see, especially with the over reliance we've had on Jed obviously so far this season. Um, you know, at times he's called us out of games, like I said there in the other games previous. But I think what I kind of sum it up as is in the expression was you walk out the last two wins at home, it's a we yeah. got away with that one today, you know, or we made we were lucky to win that that kind of sentiment. Whereas on Saturday, albeit we went one 0 down, but that second half performance where we just shoved it at Stoke and said, "What can you do to stop us?" and they couldn't. And I think that's. And albeit it was only a 25-minute spell, if that, you know what I mean? Like, it's a condensed little period, but maybe that's a tactic to use going forward. If, you know, it's nil-nil, the game's in the balance, you know, maybe it's kind of that kind of moment where you see the substitute warming up, you see a defender or midfielder come off, you see a striker come on, you're thinking, let's get the crowd on side. The crowd reacts to it. Maybe it could be a tactic that Rout uses in the future. What, what do we know, I suppose? But it's it's just brilliant to get a win there, kind. Obviously, as I said earlier, I'd start the show, the third team in the league in third place in the last 10 games for the form table not bad yeah fantastic and i think i think it's key because i think Robert's still learning about this millwall side um you know obviously not having his chosen you're not having the players that he brought in over the summer available not having his full team available for most of the season i think it's only natural that he's still probably trying to learn about the players and about their mentality and stuff and maybe saturday gives him a, a real good you know 
uh, idea of of who's up for the fight and who wants to to take it to the to the opposition if we are losing at one one nil at half time or you know by a couple of goals at half time and it was a perfect reaction perfect day out and perfect win which sits us joint joint fifth not bad eh no, not bad <laughs> joint fifth with seven other teams but yeah. it's a nice little caveat nonetheless I think that's probably like to start with frustrations I guess maybe a bit of what I feel so I should say it we're unbeaten in what well no we lost obviously a few uh, last week last Saturday but it turned out the feet out there we're potentially unbeaten nine games. The last 10 games is, you know, play 10, one five, drawn four, lost one, 11 goals for, eight against. The obvious glare there is, you know, we should probably have to score some more goals. Um, but we find ourselves third place in the form table, joint fifth, like you said, Kai, with seven other teams. But I think it's that's like it highlights the maybe the lack of quality in the championship this season, where I think in the past, if you've got the last 10 games as a form guide, you probably have three or four teams in there that got more than 20 points. We've got 19 out of the last 30, which is brilliant for a club like us. If we average that for the whole season, we'll certainly be in and around the playoffs, which is superb. But I think that's what's frustrating as fans is that the championship, aside from at the moment, Bournemouth, Fulham and West Brom, is very, very mediocre. Maybe mediocre is not the right word. It's competitive, but it's competitive amongst the 21 other teams in that, in that position, if you know what I mean. You've got Derby at the bottom, who are kind of sodded and going away with it. Um, and aside from that, you've got teams all over that, you know, all can have a say in a shout of potentially a snout in the playoffs there, where you can put five wins together or something silly, you might suddenly be in the top four. It's, I think that's what we're all worried about as middle fans is maybe we won't get a good opportunity again. We've said this the last couple of seasons, you know, you've got the opportunity there now, go for it. And, you know, we've tried twice now with Rowett in, in the last two seasons. First season, let's get up there. Let's do it, if you know what I mean. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you look at the teams in the playoffs, you've got Luton. I think you think Luton and Coventry are still in the playoffs. Um, you know, Coventry drew 1-1 with Derby, didn't they? I mean, Derby seems to be putting up a fight everywhere they go right now, which is credit to them. Um, but, you know, it, there's winnable games coming up. We've got Huddersfield next week. Uh, then we've got, I think, two home games follow. I think it's Reading and Derby. You know, realistically, there's three games there that we could win all three. And all of a sudden, we're, you know, nine points out of, out of nine. And more importantly, we've won seven out of eight which is something unthinkable isn't it but you know and probably in the top six if you win them three games i think um saturday's games will be a big one obviously we're in 10th place same points as huddersfield i think you know to go there and get the win would be superb and you know you're right you know send us into Reading and derby at home i mean yeah. you never you never know mate <laughs> it's, it's, at the same it's time, fantastic last time me and you sat excited and hopeful was before luton <laughs> So yeah, let's I'm not, not do gonna, that again. I'm not going to sit here and get excited whatsoever for now. I think it's a uh, feet on the ground, one game at a time, um, and hopefully Saturday against Huddersfield we can do the business and hopefully you know carry that form on like you said there, mate. Um, yeah, I think I think we ran out of time anyway. Kai, you got anything else you want to put forward? Or you said your man of the match was Leonard, isn't it? So um, yeah, yeah, I think, I think, I think that's I think about it. Yeah. Anyone else stood out for you on the game on Saturday? I think it was a, it was workmanlike performance. Yeah, second half in particular. First half wasn't great, but second half we were a lot better. And, you know, everyone around the pitch done their bit, I suppose. Yeah, I think Leonard and Bradshaw are probably your obvious two picks um, for man of the match. Um, and everyone else just chipped in with a with a really good, uh, as you said, workman-like determined, and, uh, determined performance. So, yeah, fair play to the squad. Um, four wins out of five, rocking all over the world. Rocking all over the world, mate. Um... It's, just, it's unbelievable, Mill. Sometimes you do have to think to yourself like doomsday scenario a week ago. Fast forward to now, and suddenly it's not all bad. 
But that's the highs and lows of following a football team like Millwall, I suppose. And I wouldn't change it for one second whatsoever. Um, and I'm sure you wouldn't either, Kai, would you? Absolutely not. There you go. So um, if you've enjoyed today's episode, guys, uh, be sure to leave a like and obviously subscribe to us if you're new. Uh, if you listen on audio, any reviews are always appreciated. Five stars only, as always. And uh, yeah, obviously, you know, Mickey today, I'm sure he'll be back for the next show. Um, and we'll be back soon with that as well. So thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for watching. And we'll see you very soon. Progressive is America's number one motorcycle insurer, so we understand motorcycles. No, really, we have a bike translator. Okay, so this bike says she is struggling with her place in the motorcycle community. Well, she says she hasn't peaked yet, but she's having a little epiphany. Okay. Oh, that maybe life itself is the peak. Hmm, interesting. In my experience, I found that. That's why I just translate. Not allowed to have opinions. Got it. Quote with Progressive and see if you could save with America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. The, is it morning yet, deal. How about now? Or now? Because morning time is McDonald's breakfast time. And that's the best time of all the times. Wake up with a little splash of sweetness. Get any size iced coffee from caramel to hazelnut to French vanilla for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.